With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings and welcome inside Hour 1 of the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith, Rob Parker, in for Dan and the Danettes today. Coming off a big game two, the Suns have a two-games-to-none lead in the finals, and I'm going to put the over-under at the number of times Rob Parker says the word fugazi when it comes to the NBA Finals at 25. We have a three-hour show. I'm putting fugazi, you're going to say it, 25 times, Rob. Are you going to go over 25 times with fugazi today? Fugazi, 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 fugazi. There's five already, so I am on pace Okay. To uh, burst that uh, 25 uh, Fugazi uh, threshold. Good morning, Mr. Jason Smith. <laughs> uh, so, listen, look, we watched the Suns win last night, and it was one of those. It's such a demoralizing loss for the Bucks because everything they tried didn't work, right? They had a great first quarter. And, and they got away from it in the second quarter. They were they were big inside. It didn't work. Giannis had a huge third quarter to carry them. Uh, Devin Booker started out shooting terribly in the game. And they wanted better foul calls. They didn't want to send the Suns to the free throw line as many times. They got that. They, they got those things, and still they lose by 10. And I, 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 short of the NBA changing how they're going to call the game like you know they get scott foster on a plane to to milwaukee and go okay just go in and just call these games right we know you don't like the suns right they've only won once short of them changing how they call the game i I don't see how the bucks get back in this you know this is a different situation the suns are grinding and and they're just finding a way every single game and the bucks seem like you know every 10 point deficit looks like 20 to them yeah, I'm not there yet, only from the standpoint, if if Middleton and Holiday were playing to their expectations and they were losing like that, I would buy in. I remember they, the, you know, I remember Milwaukee losing 
by 39 in game two to Brooklyn and looked like a, a battered and broken team before they went back home to Milwaukee. I, I get it. It's a, it's, a, it's a tall order. The only reason there's hope is that we saw Giannis is not injured like we thought he was. 20 in the third quarter, 42 for the game. He's back and better than ever. So now can Middleton catch fire? Can Holiday? They they sold they they traded everything to get him, right? Including a couple of firstborn and <laughs> and it hasn't worked out. But I'm not there, Jason. If those guys played well or decent or up to the expectations and they were down 0-2, then I would say, yeah, you know, it doesn't look like they can get anything done. I, I think the emergence of Giannis is a good sign going home. Uh, bench players normally play better at home. Um, I, I'm not there yet. I don't think it's over. Yeah, but Rob, you know, it, they only have to get to four. You know, I mean, the Suns, the Suns only need two more games. I, I, I remember, I the, do you remember a couple of years ago when uh, to, uh, Milwaukee was up? And I know it was the Eastern Conference Finals, but they were up 2 0 and lost the next four to Toronto. In, in route to uh, Toronto getting a, a a championship. So I hear what you're saying. I thought the Nets, when they won the first two games, were an easy street. So uh, All of a sudden, a couple guys are hurt and things turn around. I'm just saying I, I, the NBA, they won their first two games at home. I know what the percentage is when teams win the first two games of the finals, like, what is it, 75% of the time they're going to win the championship or something like that? Yeah, only so, four so, teams have ever done it. Four teams have come back from 0-2 to win the NBA right. finals. And and I remember people when the, uh, uh, when the uh, Clippers were down 0-2 in back-to-back series, and all three, I should say, but they won the first two series coming back. All I'm saying is I'm not there. Let me see what happens in game one, uh, game three in Milwaukee. And I think that will determine if they can climb out of this hole. But definitely, they needed a split, uh, you know, in Phoenix, Jason, to make the task a lot easier to, to manage. See, I, I look at it like this. This is why I'm not as in, in a playoff where we see momentum changes every five minutes. I, I get that. We've seen that the entire way because of injuries and different situations. Boy, it looks like one team. This it's is totally such a huge out of win. it. Right. Yeah. Right. And then the next game they come back and it's, oh, boy, how do they win by 30? But w- watching these two teams, right, I think everything we've seen so far in the finals comes down to, to, to this statement. And, 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 I'll, and I'll break it down. The Phoenix Suns know what they want to do, and they're doing it well enough. Where the Bucks are still trying to figure out what to do. Right? That that's I think everything comes down to that because it's not like this is a great finals. It's not a great, incredibly great played finals. Look, these are ne- neither of these two teams are elite teams. They're gonna look. We'll look back at them in history and go. That's why this that, that finals the, is a fugazi. That was finals. A finals. <laughs> okay. Here we go. You just All right, that's it. six. Let me write that down. That's six fugazi. I'm right. One, two, three, four, right. five. Six for Rob Parker. Um, but the Suns are doing what they need to do. They are grinding through these games, right? They're not well-played games, but that's part of what makes a championship team is you can grind through games and you can win like this. They're not playing their A games, uh, you know, but they're doing it well enough. Meanwhile, Milwaukee, you watch them and, and, and I go, they, they, they change every five minutes, right? Like I said, they, they play the first quarter and, they, and, and they're a big team and it's we're going inside and, and, and they find a way and they're up after the first quarter and, and I'm saying, 
saying to myself, okay, Milwaukee, maybe they figured out what they want to do. Then the second quarter comes, they start shooting threes like crazy, and they get boat raced, and, and the Suns outscore them by 16. Then they said, okay, let's just stand around and watch Giannis do it in the third quarter, which he does, but they can't cut the lead any, to any more than 10 points. And then the fourth quarter comes, they make the plays at the end. It seems like they still don't know what their identity is and, and, and what they want to do in the finals. How do they want to attack? Do we want to run the, the offense through Middleton and Holiday and get them involved right away? Do we want to force it to Giannis early and then that'll open things up later on? Like, like they, they, I feel like they still don't know how they want to attack this and they're still trying to figure things out. Look, even Giannis in his post game said, I'm not worried, you know, Drew Holiday's going to be there when we need him. And look, Holiday had a horrible game last night. He'll be there when we need him. He'll be there. The finals are two zip. You're down two zip. Okay, the, no, it's, I, this I, is not best of 25. This is best of seven. I, I feel like they still fit well. We have to figure it out. Uh, they're going to be uh, swept in four games. So going, hey, we're still trying to figure out how to play the Suns in the finals. No, I, I hear you. And, and it all makes sense. It's all logical. But these playoffs have, haven't been that. Uh, we've just kept we've kept seeing teams uh, look out of it, and for whatever reason, uh, you know, a switch is turned on or whatever. If you remember, again, I'm going back to the Brooklyn series only because they were down 2-0. They got embarrassed in game two, uh, embarrassed in game two in Brooklyn, and then won a squeaker in game three, and that turned the series around. The Nets had a chance to win that game late, couldn't make uh, two baskets when they needed to with the ball and the lead. And all of a sudden, Milwaukee won. But, but you know, I, I, I hear you. And, and you know, Mil, Milwaukee has uh, issues about, about exactly what they want to do. But you can't win when you're, uh, when you're two guys you're relying on. And, you know, Middleton's been big in the postseason. But he's also had uh, some small games as well. And, and so that's when you look at him and go, okay, yeah, he's not a number two, really. He's not a Robin. Oh, yeah, he was a second-round pick, and he's worked his way up into this. And then there's other games you see him, and he's so great. You go, my God, you know, uh, what a player Middleton is. And then, again, the holiday thing. He, he's got to show up. He's got to – last night was a game. I called it an upset game. I thought, really, uh, that they would get the whistle with the referees, with the, which they did. I thought Giannis would play much better – because he's got the one game under his belt, you know, knowing what his limitations are and, and feeling out after not playing the end of that Eastern Conference Finals, and he had a big game. But I expected Holiday to play better, and Middleton, they, they, they can't play like that and expect Giannis to have to score 70 points in order to win a game. Those guys have to show up. I think when they go home, you know, you know me, Jason, I'm not normally Mr. Optimistic, far from it. No, I but was I, stunned. I, I, Fugazi. Now I'm running it. That's seven see, times. You missed Fugazi in the finals, and you're like, oh, I, I'm not ready to call the finals over. I'm like, who are you, and what have you done with Rob Parker? I exactly. Mean, <laughs> I know this is not my uh, normal MO, but I'm just the, the playoffs have been crazy. Would you admit that, right? Haven't we yes. seen teams like, you know, I, I, I just remember when Dallas won the first two games at the Clippers, you know, like, and they were up 32-11 in game three. Series set match, right? No. They didn't get it done. So, and, and they dominated. And they were, Dallas was doing whatever. Luka had his way. And somehow, uh, Ty Lue made some changes. And before you know it, the Clippers are winning in uh, seven games. I see. I, I get that, but th this is eventually you get to a point in 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 the season where you're playing a team where that's not going to happen, 
right? Like the reason we've seen all of this in, in the in the playoffs is because everybody's hurt. All the stars were hurt. You know, we, the Phoenix's path to the finals is well documented. The best players. It's Fugazi. On each Are team. you kidding? Yes, <laughs> their their championship <laughs> run. I'm sorry, Phoenix. Hello, is Fugazi. Point blank. No AD. No Jamal Murray. No Kawhi Leonard. It can't be any easier than that. Well, and well, look and look at the Bucks, right? They go through where where the the Nets barely had one of their guys healthy, right? And and the Hawks are in the Eastern Conference Finals. Who that's not an Eastern Conference Finals team with one star, but that's the way the playoffs unfolded. Look, this is a playoff where you're just outlasting the other team. You know, the other teams. It's going to be hey, we we stayed healthy the most. Look, they lost Dario Sarge to a torn ACL in, in Game One, and the Suns are like, yeah, okay, we're good. I mean, they're just—they're a team that they had a big injury already in the finals, and no one's even talking about it because it doesn't matter. You know, they—they they, they know what they want to do. They—they they are playing at the level that they need to, when all the other teams are still struggling to figure it out. They've been the best team in the playoffs, bar none. Would you agree with that? The Suns have been the best team in the playoffs so far. Yeah, because they haven't been really interrupted. You know what I mean? And I know Chris Paul was banged up a little bit. Uh, in the first round against the uh, Lakers with a shoulder, and and then he had the COVID, you know, uh, against uh, the Clippers. Uh, so I, I guess if you look at that, but yeah, for the most part, I, I do believe in that the Larry O'Brien Trophy when it's given out in a few days or whenever it is in the week, they should attach some uh, crutches to it. I think that would be appropriate <laughs> to have the Larry O'Brien Trophy with uh, crutches because that's what it's been. Or just have it wrapped in athletic tape. You have it, have it, have it wrapped in gauze. To say, hey, yes. hey don't, don't, don't drop it. This could break. Because that would be the thing where, you know, Chris Paul holds it up and it just breaks in half. It's like, oh, man, we got to get a new one of these. That, that's kind of the way it goes. Oh. But this, this Fugazi that you've been talking, because now that's been in my head since hearing you on the promos yes. and everywhere. Like, it's every promo I hear the word Fugazi and I think <laughs> about you. Right? I, I don't think about uh, uh, Donnie Brasco or, or you know, I, I think about you with Fugazi. And it's, I, I get it. I get that this is that kind of playoff where neither of these teams are elite and, it, it, and, and you're outlasting it. But sometimes the playoffs are just like this. Sometimes, you know, not every year we get a phenomenal NBA playoffs and finals where we have games. Game sevens and big buzzer beaters. You know, sometimes it's like sometimes this is what it is, and and you know you can't control that. And you know, Phoenix at the very least, like I said, they're you know neither of these teams are great, but uh, Phoenix for, with everybody injured and Phoenix going through injury and, and health issues themselves, like they won games without Chris Paul. Uh, you know, earlier in the playoffs, you know they're going to come in, and it's going to be easy to say, okay, with this stamp, Phoenix Suns X, they're they're, they're the best team in the NBA. Right, and and the same thing with the Bucks. The Bucks somehow come back and win the finals and win this, and you know if, if they come back and they blitz the Suns and they win, and suddenly Chris Paul gets old overnight. I don't see it happening, but if it is, you would say, "Wow, the Bucks! Hey, they put a stamp on it, right? That's the best team in the NBA because he, they beat the they beat the team that was going through the playoffs and had the least amount of difficulty with anybody. Boom! You earn that championship in the NBA more than any other one because of what you have to go through. And sometimes it's the twists and turns of of seven game series and outscoring the other team and having your stars play at incredibly high levels and sometimes this is the playoffs and I get that right look Devin Booker had a great second half last night he was phenomenal he had stunk out loud 
up until uh, last night because the last seven games he shot the ball incredibly poorly and and it was on the Bucks to try to make Devin Booker beat them instead of Chris Paul but Booker comes up with the second half that's needed then you know there's something to be said for having that grit and determination and being able to win the title like this because the NBA playoffs is a marathon man it's not hey in the NFL you can get hot and win a couple of games and look at you you're in the the conference championship game and you're one win from the Super Bowl or in Major League Baseball where you can squeak in as a wild card but you have three good starting pitchers and suddenly bang 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 there you are in the World Series I mean the NBA there's no way around it like all the all the pretenders get get uh, unearthed and we see who they all are and the teams that can wind up you know getting to the championship it's like okay that 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 that's a battle that that's a huge battle they went through they just gone through a gauntlet for the last month plus to try to win the championship yeah uh, it's the NBA has been uh very, very strange, and I and and all of your points are real and honest and legit. I just think they're not often, fugazi. They're not uh, fugazi. Okay, no, they're not, not fugazi? fugazi. I'm gonna give okay. you. Okay, your points are well taken, but there's something that I just uh, you know like if Giannis was still banged up and he had 20 last night, you know what I mean? And Christmas, he had 42. He had a big third quarter. This is a guy who we didn't even know Jason was going to play, right? Didn't we? Not, we didn't know when game one rolled around. So if I'm Phoenix, I'm like, okay, well, they got their star back, and he's playing like a star. But are those other guys, are they going to stink up the joint for the entire uh, finals, or do they show up in Milwaukee after they have some beer and some brats and they go bowling? You know what I mean? Once they get back home, uh, do things turn around for them? So that that's the part that if I'm Phoenix, I'm a little afraid of that that 2-0 lead could be 2-2 if two guys show up to the party and they're bringing brown bags with them. So I, I, I'm trying to figure out, are the, is, is Drew Holiday going to play this poorly the entire finals? I, I'm not, I'm not, I can't believe it. I, I have to see it to believe it. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for The Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on.
It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories for 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. With us now on the hotline. Hey, you hear him right here on the Dan Patrick Show, Sports Radio, the Mike Heller Show, 1070 The Game in Madison. You can follow him on Twitter, at Heller Sports. That's at Heller Sports. And he kind of summed up game two of the NBA Finals in his most recent tweet, Giannis, help wanted. Mike, what's happening this morning? How you doing? What's happening? Hey, guys. How, how are you? Good to hear you. <laughs> yes. Uh, so so wh- where are you the day after? I, I assume you probably went to bed last night going, Man, what can the Bucks do? Is today a new day or is still today? Man, I don't know what the Bucks can do. Well, I, first I think you, you have to give, um, you know, Milwaukee's going to look at this. We're going to look at it differently. We're going to look at the failures of Drew Holiday and, and Chris Middleton in the first two games um, and, and paint that picture that it's what Milwaukee hasn't done. And I do believe that's a big part of it. You, the, the Stars came to play for Phoenix. Their starting lineup. Uh, they got production all across the board. The Bucks got production from Pat Connaughton off the bench and Giannis Adetokounmpo. So I, I look at Giannis and go, that is, those are performances that you have to have from a two-time MVP. But Chris Middleton has a huge contract, and Drew Holiday was signed for a lot of money. They, they have to come play. Then I look at the other side of it, and I'm thinking – Boy, Devin Booker, when he needed to be, he was spectacular. The Bucks cut it to six um, in four and a half, five minutes left to go. And then 
Phoenix goes crazy. I mean, they make all of their shots. You can't get outscored by 33 points from the three-point arc and expect to win. In game one, the Bucks beat them at the three-point line. In game two, they got hammered at the three-point line. I got to give some props to Phoenix for being as good as they've been in the first two games. They've got stars. All of them have been ready to play. But, Mike, I, I, I'm not ready to throw dirt on, on the Bucks. I'm being Mr. Optimistic today because uh, obviously they would have loved to have split. I mean, that's your dream scenario. But Phoenix held uh, home court serve and whatnot, so I'll give Phoenix that, and you're right. But if you're Milwaukee, you got to say, we got our star back. Giannis balled out. He yeah. had 42. He had 20. So, so he's healthy. Okay, so we got him back. Now you got to get, as you brought up, Holiday, and you got to get Middleton. You got to get those guys. And going back home, you know, where you feel more comfortable, bench players play better uh, at home than they do on the road. Uh, we saw the Bucs uh, destroyed in Brooklyn in game two, right? Came back, won a close game three at the end that the Nets could have easily won if they made a shot in the last two minutes or a minute of the game, but they didn't. And all of a sudden, the series turned. So I'm not there to, to say that this series is over. If Middleton and Holiday had played like decent or average or regular games and they lost, then I'd say, okay, they got no shot. I'm not there yet. Am I too optimistic? Yeah, I, 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 and that's not like you at all. <laughs> I'm not enough <laughs> to know that there's something wrong. Um, you know, I know maybe you were up late and then up early. I don't know what it is about you right now, but that's not you. Um, I, listen, I, I think in local sports talk radio, which is what I'm doing here, um, you, you can either be an optimist, which I'm, I'm not. I don't want to be blindly optimistic, or you can be a realist. And the realist in me says, this series is not over. That's the part I agree with you. However, the Bucs are going to have to play at a different level across the board um, from Holiday and Middleton in particular in order to have a chance. And they can't lose a game at home. Phoenix is really good. I think uh, I would agree with what Jason said earlier. They have been the best team in this playoffs. They have not hit a, a bump. They've worked through without having Chris Paul. They have a, a very athletic, deep roster. Bridges has been fantastic. And Aiton is a really good player. Even when he doesn't score, he's a good player. Um, I think Phoenix is the better team. I picked them before the series. I'm going to stay with it, but... The Bucks have to win on Sunday in, in order for there to even be a conversation. And that would be the first question I would have. Can they win on Sunday? Home court is good cooking here. Uh, they'll be ready to go. I think that they will win. But I, I wouldn't – listen, I, I wouldn't bet on the Bucks right now. Phoenix just seems to me to be a much better team. Wow. You, you, when the matchup was Bucks suns you picked the Suns? I did. So did wow, I. Wow, that's I guts, the Suns man. Too. No, that's it's not. Guts. That's good talk, sports that's, talk radio. That's my, Mike lives in in, in Madison. That's okay. He lives he's in Wisconsin. He's not going <laughs> to sit there. One team has been better. Listen, and, one and, team has been better. And going better. into the, that. The Bucks had a little bit of a – you guys were talking about it earlier with the Fugazi conversation. The Bucks play in Brooklyn minus their stars. If, right. if Brooklyn has all three stars, the Bucks win a game. That's a gentleman's sweep. If, it, if Atlanta doesn't lose Trey Young, and Atlanta, I think, is a good team. I don't think by any stretch they're great. If they don't lose Trey Young, I don't know that the Bucs win that series. So I, I think the Bucs have some flaws. Middleton is a really good scorer. He's streaky. He's not athletic. And I'm not sure what has happened with Holiday. He's had a few moments, but 
um, whether whether this moment is new to him, uh, because I, I thought I thought Holiday would be more of an impact in the finals or even throughout this playoff run. He has been less than. The other part of, uh, and I wrote a column uh, today for uh, uh, Deadspin about Giannis, is I think Giannis has already won. I think uh, people, yeah. and people will say, what do you mean he won? Well, a lot of people, they ridiculed Giannis for staying in Milwaukee, for signing that Supermax. People like said, uh, he'll, be another, he'll be another star that never wins a ring. He was dumb. Why would he do that? He could have gone to Mil- to Miami like LeBron did, right, with that team. Or he could have gone to uh, Golden State the way K- KD did. He could have just forced his way out of Milwaukee. He would have got paid no matter where he went and had a chance at winning a title. And now look at where he is. He's in the NBA Finals. He might not win it, but he did get there, right? This franchise hasn't won in 50 years, but he's in the NBA Finals and, and still has a chance. And here's the better part. Go, as they go forward, maybe he can get another player to come to Milwaukee to see what they're building there to say, you know what, Milwaukee, you can get to the finals. You, you can have a chance to win. You do make the same money no matter where you're playing, and you don't have the same pressures that go with going to some other big towns uh, like New York or L.A., you know, the pressure that comes with it. So I think Giannis has won, Mike. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I totally agree. Giannis does not come from the coddled AAU background. He grew up in a very tough situation, and he has created his own path. And I thought last night his third quarter, which is the highest-scoring individual third quarter since Jordan in 93 in an NBA Finals, that was all heart. That's nine days after what appeared to be a, a year-long injury. And he, his heart, his desire – his want to, uh, that's something to aspire to. And I, I agree to you, with you. I think he's already won that conversation. And he played at a level last night uh, off of injury. That is, uh, that's what stars are made of. He's already a star as a two-time MVP. But to showcase that in an NBA Finals game against a very good front line from Phoenix was impressive. He just needs a little help. Damian Lillard. Sorry, uh, I, I had to sneeze there for a second. Are you that, all right, that was just Dad? Me. You need was, the Heimlich <laughs> over there? Sorry. Good that luck was, with that. Damian Lillard. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, now, the, thi- the thing, though, about this, Mike, is that is that Mike Heller's with us here on the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith, Rob Parker, uh, in for the guys today. Is that, yes, while Giannis was great, it was more of, hey, okay, Middleton, is not, it's not his night, it's not Holiday's night, so we're going to stand around and watch Giannis do his thing. And, and while the, you say, if you said to me in a vacuum, hey, you should see Giannis's third quarter, right? You know, you, when, when the guy's scoring 20 points in a quarter, that is terrific. What, what, what are the Bucks up by five, they're up by ten? They didn't cut into the lead at all. You know, and, and that's a big warning sign that, hey, can they rely on Yacht when we get down to it? Stars have to win NBA titles. And this is, a, this is a going into halftime after a bad second quarter. Okay, they're down 11. Giannis does his thing, and he is remarkable in the third quarter, and they're down 10 going to the fourth quarter. Well, because, and, but that's the help-wanted sign, Jason. I mean, <laughs> he, they didn't get anything from anybody else. Right. Middleton doesn't make any shots. I mean, Middleton and Holiday combined to shoot about 32% between the two of them last night. You can't win with your second and third stars not showing up. And, and Giannis kept them. Listen, if Giannis doesn't have that quarter, then they're down 25 going to the fourth. 
and we're all flipping to watch something else. So, yeah, it, 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 the other stars have shown up. When Giannis got hurt, uh, Middleton and Holiday were fantastic. So my expectation, is, and this is the part where I agree with, with Rob on this, my expectation is the other two will show up on Sunday night and the Bucks will get a win. My question would come on Wednesday night. What happens after the emotion leaves from Sunday? And can you win both games at home? Because that's the only way you have a chance in the series is to hold home court. No, no doubt. I mean, they, they have to do it. Uh, and the other thing is uh, the officials, I mean, uh, Right, up, the, the official. We talked about that. I was on Mike's show yesterday, and you know how it works in the NBA when when they see a big disparate, uh, a big uh, uh, unbalanced when it comes to free throws for a team. They work the, the referees, and then what happens? It, it, yeah, it worked last night, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It, it's it switched around, and and I know it's a different crew. But you know as well as I do that there was conversations we, that it can't be that way. And then they just kind of buried the whistles last night. The Bucks did get to the line a lot um, in um, a disparity the other way. So, yeah, it's self-corrected. And it, it's still – that part wasn't enough. Uh, Mike, have you started a, a, go, a GoFundMe for, uh, uh, to get Scott Foster to referee games three and games four? Has, has, has that started yet? Because that will get you right back in it. I mean, yeah, suddenly it's going to be 2-2 and it's a brand-new series if that happens. <laughs> Can Scott Foster help Middleton make a three? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he'll get him to the free throw line to shoot okay. three free throws. Right. 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 Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at Heller Sports. That is at Heller Sports. Mike Heller, 1070 The Game, Madison. You hear him right here on the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, Mike, as always, appreciate your time. Best of luck. Well, hopefully we'll talk soon. All right, appreciate it. Thanks, and what guys. about those Milwaukee Brewers? Yeah, I know basketball's still going on. on the crew right now. Hey, yeah. I just we can't just poo-poo them with 53 wins. Are you surprised where they are in the Central? They shouldn't be there without Yelich. Yelich hasn't done wow. anything. That's a big story. There is a power outage, and, and he is not. He is a total shadow of what he was before he shattered his kneecap at the end of 19. I know he's got back issues, but it's robbed him of a lot right now. So without that and the injuries they've had offensively, and you look at their run production, for them to be seven games clear in the division and 16, 17 games over 500, it's really impressive. Their pitching uh, is really October scary. If they can throw three starters and their two back-of-the-bullpen guys and Devin Williams and Josh Hader, uh, if they can be there in October, look out. Because if you shut people down, you've got a shot. Yeah, you just have to avoid the Mets. That that's your thing. I think you have to avoid the Mets. Oh my God! Here we go. That that Mets nonsense. All right, nonsense. The Mets are in first place. Right. Hey, how, hey, Mike, I missed the game. Can you tell me? How did Josh Hader do against the Mets? Can you tell me? I missed oh, that game. Oh, here we go. Stop I'm, that. Hey, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, guys, I, I don't have any more time right now. That's right. <laughs> you got to run. I got to run. Hello. Right. Uh, take it easy, Mike. Have fun. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Greetings. Welcome inside Hour 2 of the DP Show here on Fox. Jason Smith, Rob Parker 
in for Dan today. Now that summer's in full swing, take advantage of it with a Traeger wood pellet grill, offering real wood-fired flavor and set-it-and-forget-it convenience, just like fantasy football. Traeger offers the perfect way to cook all summer. Grab one at your local dealer or visit TraegerGrills.com slash DPShow. That's TraegerGrills.com slash DPShow to learn more. Uh, got some grilling coming up this weekend, Rob. Very excited about that. We got friends coming over. Got Black Widow right after Very the show nice. is over today with my daughter. She she is so excited. I can't even tell you. I can't. It, it's like the count. It's like she's counting down to Christmas with Black Widow. We're going like we're getting done with the show at like nine. You know, at like nine o'clock here, and then right. we're going to go at like nine thirty. Because, you know, they're starting, you know, they show like every five minutes now that we're back in the movies and here's this big Marvel movie. So, it's like, so, oh. so you're going to go see it this morning at 930 early like that? Well, it's actually you know? 10 o'clock. We're 10. Going, it, the, the show like is at 10. We've got to get popcorn and stuff, you know, for 10 o'clock in the morning. Gotta nothing sure like, nothing like a $15 tub of popcorn. I mean, are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you know it kills me, man. I can't do it. You know it. I know, but the popcorn and the butter at the movie theater just tastes different. But why has it got to be a $15 tub? Is there, like, could there be a happy medium? Well, no, well, listen, you got to want it, man. You know, you can't just walk in anywhere and get some kind of, cr- you know, crazy slapdash popcorn. You got to want it if you want to get good popcorn. I know, but I just, I, I always, I, you know, don't tell anybody, but I usually go to the dollar store and buy some candy and uh, raisinets and stuff and put them in my pocket and walk in. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, How many times did I do that when I was a kid? You're right? waddling into the movie. No, I right, gotta, with stuff. You got a soda pop me. in your back pocket. Right, everything. <laughs> you know, what I like is that is, is there's people that, because you can get Black, you can go see the, the Black Widow in the theater, which, you know, listen, that's why movies are always going to live, because there's nothing that's going to replace going well, to the, the movies. Sc- I agree. The screen yeah. is bigger, the sound. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could watch movies at home. It's not the same. It just No. But I, I like when people who say, because you can get it for like 30 bucks on Disney Plus, right? Like you can get it right now if you want to spend $30 on it. And I know people who said, yeah, no, it's too much money to get it. I go, so it's too, for $30 for a movie is too much. But to go to a movie, to pay for parking, to buy two tickets, which are at least 12 bucks a piece, then you get food. You're spending $50 to go to the movies when you can spend $30 and just sit on your couch and watch it. You can pause it. You can watch it how many times you want to. And I'm going, but $30 is too much? It's like, oh, no, no, that, 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 that price tag for the movie is way too much. You're going to spend more actually going to the movies. That's what I, my, my dad is like that. Uh, that's too much for a movie. I go, Dad, you realize you're going to spend more going to the movies, right? Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm not going to spend that much. I mean, I, I really look at that and I go, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's expensive to eat out. That's the way you got to look at it. You know what I mean? To have a have a night out. You just can't stay in your house or apartment and never venture out. And what are you saving the money for, Jason, so that other people can spend it when you're not around? Is that what it is? <laughs> is that why you're not married and don't have any kids? I know exactly. it. I'm taking you know, it with me. It's I mean, all going right. with me. You got to spend it. <laughs> I'm always trying to save money, you know? I mean, I think I just sent you a little video of me trying to save money. Uh, yes. Any chance I get to save, but I do like to live a little bit. All right. Now, hey, speaking of living a little bit, you're going to the All-Star game next week. You'll be, you'll be in Colorado. Don't you have sit-downs with Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa scheduled? Don't you have uh, yeah, big sit-down interviews? Yeah, got canceled. Yeah, those things uh, got canceled. And, and they're not going. And, and, and Jason, just let me... You know, you know I love baseball. I know you do too. Uh, I think this is a total disservice to uh, the fans, and, and it's wrong. And and not Correa, I get 
his wife is having a baby, and he really explained, like, what's going on, and, and I'm going to give him a pass. Altuve, no pass. The whole notion, he wants some time off. You know, I don't. I, I, I think it's wrong. I think the game uh, and the All-Star game is, is big. And from the standpoint, that's where the league is selling the game and all the stars, and it should be an honor to be on the All-Star team. And you shouldn't cheat the fans of that moment to be able to watch. I remember as a kid growing up uh, in New York and being a Mets fan, and they were terrible. And back then, Jason, everybody didn't have an all-star representative. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Everybody didn't automatically get it. If you didn't have a player good enough, there was no representation from your team on the all-star team. And I would sit there in awe and be like, wow, wouldn't it be great if a Met was at the All-Star game? But I'd have to watch all these other great players. And I think when people, uh, whether they're voted in by fans and it's the fans game or you're selected by the managers or, and, and or a reserve player or a pitcher or whatever, I think it's your responsibility. It's a part of your job description to be a part to sell the game and not not take it for granted that you've been elected to the All-Star team and you should take part in it. And and this whole notion that he's tired and he needs some rest. Everybody's tired. Everybody needs a break. Wouldn't everybody love four days off in a grinding baseball season? But you go out there, you respect the honor of being an All-Star, you go out with the other great players, and you push the game. And, 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 you, and you smile and take pictures and people look at some of the greatest. I always go back to the 1999 All-Star game, Jason, I went to in Boston when Pedro Martinez struck out five of the six batters, his first four and five of the six batters he faced in the two innings he pitched. And I thought to myself, what a moment. He's up there against some of the best in the game and he mowed them down like they were nothing. It told me about his, his greatness and you know the baseball all-star game more than any of the other ones, is still played at a high level. They're not lobbing the ball in and saying, hey, there you go. There's not a hockey game that scored where the score is 15 to 11, you know, which you'll never see in the NHL, but you see in the all-star game. Or the Pro Bowl where they're not tackling anybody and people are just running and, and they're scoring 60 points. Or the NBA all-star game where we've almost had 200 scores in, in the all-star game because nobody's playing defense. The all-star game in baseball is still true to form, and I love it. I think it's a disservice to the fans in the game, and shame on Altuve or any player who doesn't think that they belong there and should show up out of respect to the game and out of respect to the fans. Well, look, I- I'm not going to give Correa a pass either, okay? Yes, he's, he's having a baby in November. Okay, I mean it's it's not like a baby's coming any day, and he and listen, we're gonna play his soundbite in a couple minutes, and and you're gonna hear him give his his reasoning. Listen, n- none of this is happening because I would just like them to own it. Okay, Altuve and Correa are not going, be, and it's very simple. They don't want to spend three days getting questions about the cheating scandal, which is all they're gonna get. They don't want to spend their introduction at the All Star Game getting 
booed profusely because it's what's going to happen. They just don't want that. They don't want a craptastic experience. So I wish they would just own it and say, listen, that's all that's going to happen. You and I, so I'm not, I'm not going to go for it. It's like if you have a vacation scheduled and it sounds great, right? If, if I'm planning to go back and see my family and, oh, I got a vacate, that's great. And then over the course of a year, uh, you know, I wind up not dis- getting in disagreements with my uncles and my aunts and, and, and they're fighting with each other going, I don't want, I want a different vacation. I don't want to go to this thing. It's going to be awful. I'm going to walk into my aunt's house and she's going to get mad at me and we're going to fight. I'm not going to do that. I would rather them just own it and say, we don't want to have a craptastic time because we know what the all-star game is going to be about. It's the first time all of us are on the same stage since the pandemic. People are going to ask their questions because it's, it's going to be media from all over the place and we have to be available and, and lurking around every corner is going to be a guy with a trash can banging it going, can you understand my question, Jose? Can you understand my question now? It's going to be, hey, will the acoustics in Colorado allow you to know uh, what pitch is coming? I mean, this is what the experience is going to be for them. And you know what? I'd ra- You don't have to go, but I'd rather you own it and just say, listen, instead of giving the reasons of, ah, you know, I, I'm tired, I'm this. Look, here's first Jose Altuve and then Carlos Correa talking about why they're skipping the All-Star game. I really need this for days. I'm putting my, my team first because I really think we, we have a, a chance to win this year. I want to stay home. As you guys know, baseball is really important to me. But family will always come first. So we decided that I'm going to stay here with her, spend this time. Obviously, we don't get a lot of time together with baseball season. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Obviously, I'm grateful for everybody that voted for me uh, to be in the All-Star game. Um, baseball means, you know, the world to me. But I want to be with my family this time, especially with my, with my, with my wife. Uh, spending this time with her is our first child. So... I need, I need that time. So How tough was the decision, Carlos? It's, it's a tough decision, man. Like I said, you know, people voted for me to be in it. People want to see me play in it. Um, but, you know, uh, we've been trying now for a long time to have our first child, and now that it's finally there in her belly, I want to I wanna be able to spend those, those days with her and, uh, you know, get to go through the whole experience, go to the doctor's appointment, see the baby in the sonograms and everything. So, you know, I, I really want to enjoy that part. You know, it, it, when you people say family, Rob, it, it always it gets me a bit because when it, sometimes people know that if I use this as an excuse, it's hard to be criticized, right? Like, and 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 sometimes there's hey, no family, doubt about it. That's, family yeah. is a big thing, right? It's it's like it's like a, it's like well, when it's a like, coach says, like a coach says, I need some time off. I'm 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 stepping away from my job as a head coach. I want to spend more time with my family. And four months later, they have a new head coaching job. Right? I mean, so whatever. Or, people or Michael use- Jordan said the same thing when he retired from basketball, and then he's going to go on a bus and do minor league baseball. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. Spend, right. I'm going to spend time <laughs> with my family. You know, I need time off or what. And then you're on a bus in Birmingham, Alabama, riding a bus uh, in the minor league. Yeah, and that's what the Astros are doing. Well, if I say family, I can't get criticized. No, we all know. It's the cheating scandal, right? We all know. Look, Michael Brantley is going. He is not nearly as identifiable because he didn't win the World Series. You know, he was there for 2019 uh, when they lost, but he's not nearly as identifiable with the cheating scandal as Correa and Altuve, as Altuve especially. And then you have Correa with all these different – I'd rather you just own it, you know? I'd rather you just say, listen, this is why we're not going. They're the only position players that have said we're not going. 
right? DeGrom's not going, and I look, I get it. As a Met fan, I'm saying, oh, the Astros, I can't believe it. DeGrom's not going because it's Colorado, and he got injured in Colorado the last time he was there, doesn't want any part of the thin air and have stuff, stuff happen to him. Okay, I, I think he can go and not play. You know, hey, I, I can go, and I, but all right, I, I, I get that part of it. But here's your position players, and you're the only two that aren't going are part of the guys that are going to have the bullseye on them the entire time. You would, you would, be, you would be on, on the wall like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, like, like flying down to get that exclusive with Altuve and Correa and ask him questions. I mean, that's what their experience is going to be like, and they're like, yeah, we're just not up for it. The best part is that Altuve already has a transmitter uh, recorder attached to him, so it's easy to get an interview. <laughs> oh, did I say that? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, I, this, this rubs me the wrong way. And, and as you said, if I'm a fan, I would never vote for those guys again. I, I wouldn't. I, I think it's disrespectful to the fans. It, it just is. It's, it's their game. You know, unlike some of the other sports, I've taken it away from the fans. The baseball all-star game is something I've been going to since 1992, uh, you know, in Toronto. I've been going, this is almost 30 years of going to All-Star Games. It never gets old for me, and it's, it's moments. It's, it's, uh, it's the excitement, and you're right. Those guys don't want to stand up there and get booed to hell by all these fans from all over Baseball America. They were lucky because of... Uh, uh, COVID, and they got off almost scot-free. Yes, they got some booze in some places, but not th- what they would have gotten had we had a regular season with, you know, fans all over the country. It would have been a, a boo concert uh, from coast to coast, and yet they still don't want to deal with it, and I think it's wrong. I really do, and if I'm the commissioner, I condemn it or, or I find, it, find those guys because it's it's something – that is a selling point for the sport, and, and you take away from all the other guys. And if I'm a teammate of them, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't feel the same way because I, I, I think it's an obligation. Everybody wants to go to Hawaii for four days or get away from, from it all, but everybody else shows up. You know, I, I know way to, and, and Rob Manfred could solve this really easy, right? Is you're not an all-star if you don't go to the game. Right, because these guys they they get the denotation of being an all star. They get it on their on their on their bio, and hey, you're you're a seven time all star, eight time all star. Maybe some guys get bonuses in their contracts for going to the all star game. But I think that's what you do and say, okay, if you're selected and you say you don't want to go to the game, then you're not an all star. It does it doesn't go on your bio, it doesn't go on your record. You're not an all star, so you don't get paid by, by whatever bonus you have in your contract. I think that would solve a lot of it. Because all these guys want to be, hey, I don't want to throw away an all-star appearance. I mean, that's a big thing for me. And to be able to go on baseballreference.com or be referred to and see, hey, you're a seven-time, no, you're only a four-time all-star. You skipped three games. I think that would solve a lot of it. Listen, if you don't want to go, great. Because what really what the players want is, I just want to be selected. You know, I'm good. Now I don't want to actually go. Oh, I don't want to actually have to go and live up to the responsibilities of being selected for the All-Star game. Or if you don't want to, then you, then, then you say, I don't want to be considered for the All-Star game. If you're going, every player who wants to be considered should have to sign something saying, yes, if I'm selected for the All-Star game, I am going to go. Now, certain times, there's going to be some kind of, of extenuating circumstance. And if you have a pitcher that pitches on Sunday, he's not going to pitch on Tuesday. You could potentially waive something like that. But just to say, you sign and say, if you select me, I'm going to go. Either of those things would, would solve this, this, this situation, and you would have the right guys going to the All-Star game all the time. No, I, I hear you. They got to figure something out. But also, you owe it to your organization. Don't you owe it to the Astros? 
You owe them something. You owe your fans. That that's the other part to to just totally act as if it, none of that matters and it's only about you. It's not. You know what it says across the the front of their uniform? It says Houston. It says the Astros. It doesn't say Correa or Altuve across the front. And that's the other part that they that they lose sight of that they represent a city and an organization. And it ain't fair to those people who pay their salaries, who support them. But they want if they have some sort of a card signing or something where, you know, they want people to show up for that. I just think it's selfish and it's wrong. And those guys should be um, uh, ridiculed and reprimanded for not taking part in something that's special. And years later, go look at some of the greats. I think Hank Aaron went to 24 All-Star games. Do you know what I mean? You don't think he wanted a, a four-day week, a, a four days off? <laughs> Willie Mays and those guys, go look at their – they went to like 24 All-Star games. Really? And at one time, Jason, remember they played two All-Star games in baseball yeah. Yeah. at one time. There were two of them. That would have been a lot. You would have had like two eight-day vacations. You had to take all the time off from work to go cover them. And God knows I would have. <laughs> Twitter at How About a Fresca, Rob at Rob Parker FS1. I've lost Rob for the next five minutes. He's just thinking now, oh, two All-Star games. I could have gone to both. It would have been great. That would have been unbelievable, right? I was born at the wrong time. I could have done this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. What's up, everyone? It's me, three-time NFL All-Pro Sean Marion. And I have a new sports podcast called the Lights Out Podcast with Sean Marion. This podcast is special to me as I get a chance to talk to some of the best who've ever done it on the field or the track. So whether it's talking to a Super Bowl champion or a NASCAR Cup Series champion, the Lights Out Podcast will bring it to you the only way I know how to. I'm giving you the best insight from the best who's ever done it. Listen to Lights Out with Sean Merriman on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. 
This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, Turns out, nope, I was wrong. Hmm. Because then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly... I was speechless. And you know, it takes a lot to get me speechless, Polly, but it was mind blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job. And I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick cut, flip your whole world upside down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. Get upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. Hello and welcome inside. Final hour of the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith, Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes today. Rob Parker's big beef this Friday. You bought a pair of white jeans on clearance at TJ Maxx, and things didn't go well for you. No, they went well. They went great. I, hey, it, you can check out my social media at Rob Parker FS1. And every Friday, Jason, I drop a video called What's My Beef, where I have a beef with people uh, on different things that they do. And one of my big beefs is that people go to big department stores and pay ridiculous prices for stuff. That you could go, and I mean basic stuff. I mean, I get you want to splurge every so often and buy something that's unique or the latest and hottest fashion. But I was able to go and buy a pair of white Levi's jeans, which sell uh, normally for $69.50. They were on sale at Macy's for $59.99. But, Jason, I got them at Ross for $6.99. Are you out of your mind? Well, here's why I say it didn't go well, because you bought white jeans. What's that's wrong why with white I, jeans that's why, for the that's summer? Why, oh, my God. Nobody wears white jeans. Rob. Are you serious? What are no, you talking no, about? In the summer, no, white jeans? Nobody wears white. Dude, you, you'd have better luck wearing uh, the Jim Harbaugh khakis and people saying, hey, you're okay. Dude, nobody wears white jeans anymore. They're stylish. Are you kidding? White jeans are out? Are you, is no. that what you're trying to tell me, Jason? When was the last time you wore a pair of white jeans when you were seven? I don't think I wore white. Now, look, I did have the white parachute pants, like the Miami oh, yeah. Vice pants oh, in, you in the have late that. 80s. 
Yeah, you like the ham- MC Hammer, yeah. right? Yeah, the hammer pay. Oh, I could do the hammer dance pretty nice. I, I can believe I, I, I can balance I can't back believe and forth. People bought that. Yeah. <laughs> See, well, at least those pants, they're like white painter pants, you know, like those pants are like, okay, Rob, nobody, you know, wearing white jeans is like, I'm going to go to, who wears white jeans? Well, well, okay, Rob Parker wears white jeans. Uh, People just don't wear white jeans. Really? Am I the only one? Are you, like, I'm going to Atlanta this weekend on my way to Denver, and I'm wearing white jeans. It's the summer. You can as long as you don't wear white after Labor Day, you're good to go. You yeah, but it's always a, it's always after Labor Day, isn't it? I mean, look if if you if you do if you do uh, what you know if you do on Google search white jeans for men, the first thing that comes up is are white jeans okay for guys to wear? Really? <laughs> and then the next one is can I pull off white jeans? <laughs> Unbelievable! I I think I look good in white jeans. You got I got a nice uh, beige and white top to go with it. I'm wearing my Jordan Travis Scotts, which are brown, black, and white. I think it's going to be a good look. I'm were those on to clearance too? How much? No, how those, much you pay for those? I, I, I wish those were on clearance. <laughs> well, you see, I got to save money on some stuff so that I can buy the other stuff. You got yeah. it. Uh, that, that, that's the conversation starter. What do you think is the most expensive thing I'm wearing? Here's a hint. It's not my pants. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I got these pants for $7. And then the, and then the woman looks at you and goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm going to go over here. All right, I'll, I'll talk to you later on. Well, but you, you know go? what? Clothes are disposable now, Jason. Am I wrong? I mean, you can buy. It's unbelievable how cheap you can buy. I mean, basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Golf shirts. If you go and, and, and look at through the racks. I find nice golf shirts, you know, with brand name Nike and all that, mm-hmm. $10, $12. Seriously, oh, that, if you would yeah. go in, you could go pay $40 at a Macy's or a big department store. Yeah, no, no, that's my dad does all the time. He has a collection of polos that is extremely impressive. I go, Dad, you have over 75 polos. When are you going to wear them all? He goes, well, I wear one a day, and then uh, I get back to the beginning. I mean, really, that's what he does. He likes to do the same thing. He likes to go to Ross and TJ Maxx and everything else, and he'll come back, and I'll go, Dad, you have a closet that is just for your polo shirts. He goes, eh, yeah, he's got golf shirts. And the worst thing is is that, you know, he's like he's like skinny as hell. None right. of his stuff is going to fit me, so I can't, like, go to a house and go, hey, not like you golf can grab shirt. some, I'll right? grab this. I'll grab... No, nothing. Nothing fits me. It's like, that. Ah, it's awful. That's crazy. But no, but he, do- he does that with, a go- with golf shirts. He does he, all the time. He does that, but no, I, I don't think my dad has white jeans. Okay, don't think he has no them. white jeans. I've been white jeans shamed today on I, the I, Dan I, Patrick show. I will say this: white jeans. It will make you look like you're on vacation. You might feel like you're on vacation. Like those that's are what the, I feel the, those like. Those are like your fun jeans. You know, the white jeans. Right. You don't wear those every day, but you know, okay. when you're trying to chill out and be hip, you know, I'm a young hip guy. You know, I'm hanging out in Atlanta this weekend. It'll be fun. Paying some college tuition when I'm down there, getting me some uh, Lou Williams uh, loop uh, lemon pepper wings. You know, I'm going to have a good time. You're going to spend more on the wings than you spend on your pants. <laughs> you're going to tell the guy, hey, how much for the wings? Uh, $12.99. What do you think costs more, your wings or these pants? What do you exactly. think of these pants? And the best part about it is after I wear them a little while, I'll just leave them in the hotel. I don't even have to bring them back. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave them for, hey, instead of a tip, I'm going to leave these pair of pants and you can maybe take this and they fit you. <laughs> <laughs> I do leave clothes behind in hotels. I do have a habit, so. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> Those white jeans, they're not going to miss them. Whoa, someone left a pair of white jeans here. And you I can know see what them. they'll do? They'll wind up leaving them, too. They won't even take them because they say, nope. <laughs> 
<laughs> even like, you know, I couldn't give them away on the street. It's like I could just see somebody's out there homeless or whatever, and I'm trying to pass off the white jeans, and they look at me and go, white jeans? Nobody wears white jeans anymore. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Rob Barker, Jason Smith in for Dan and the Danettes today. Hey, we got Rick Buecher coming up in a few minutes. Going to break down all the latest news coming off of Game 2 of the NBA Finals. But this video has just come in, and Rob, it is insane what happened at the Scottish Open involving Rory McIlroy a couple of hours ago. Now, obviously, this is new. It's in because with the time change, this is something that, that people are just starting to, to see a bit. Uh, McIlroy, during the Scottish Open, he's on the 10th hole, and he's talking with his caddy and, and somebody else, and he's standing in front of his golf bag. I mean, the, the, like they're, they're, everybody is, is like no more than six inches from the golf bag as they're having a conversation. And you're probably going to tee off at some point, and they're having a conversation, and a spectator just walks by, grabs his uh, driver – and, you know, kind of misses grabbing the driver, like pulls the head cover off the driver and then drops it and then takes the driver out of his club and he walks over to the tee box and he starts swinging the club. And McElroy is caddy and, and, and the other person there are just standing going, what is this guy doing? Like McElroy's hands are in his, pa- his pockets the entire time going, what, what's going on here? The guy just walks up, takes the club out of Rory McIlroy's bag, goes on the tee box, and starts swinging it like he's getting ready to tee off. I have never seen anything like this. How brazen! This guy just walks on, picks up the you know, takes the the, the club out of the golf car, out of out of the golf bag, and they're all just so stunned. They're standing there going, "What is what is happening here?" And he walks over. He's got, the guy's got his hand in his pocket. He's got a vest on. He's not wearing white pants, but uh, but he just walks over. Yeah, I'm just going to swing the club here. With security, I'm watching the video. Where's security, and why do they think they don't recognize this guy? Why in the world would they just stand there? I mean, and why would I, I, why would Rory allow him to take uh, the, the uh, club out of his bag? I mean, they know that's strange. I don't, I don't understand why the caddy, right? Are you supposed to protect the clubs? I would go right over and grab it back from him and say, dude, what are you doing? Like, like. Like, he just grabbed the thing, and they're looking at him like it's okay. Yeah, it's like it's out of a movie. It's like, what's this happening? But, I, you know, I kind of get, look, this is an unknown. Right? And you he's don't trying know to keep this... the, uh, the, the club cover. He was trying yeah. to keep the, the club cover. Yeah, I mean, and, it... and they take the guy off. They're being real nice. They should have pounced on that guy. If that was me, I would have been in handcuffs. Are you kidding? <laughs> Come on, I, I... man. I get them not doing anything because here comes a guy. You have no idea who he is. I'm talking about the caddy. I agree that maybe McElroy can't get involved. You don't want to get hurt. Imagine if you wrestle with the guy and he hurts you somehow. But where's the caddy just just to allow somebody to walk over and take your club out of you oh, know I, that that's not right. Yeah, but I don't know that that's the caddy's job to protect. I don't think the caddy's job to protect the clubs from from crazy people that want to walk on and take it out of there. I mean, it, 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 it's a golf club after all. You know, I mean, I, I, I just I, I get their lack of, hey, what are we doing here? Because it's just stunning. Um, but what's more, what, what's more is that you look at this situation now and go, OK, here's a guy that just walked on the course and took the club out of Rory McIlroy's bag. And and there's only basically a rope that separates spectators from uh, from from the playing field here here you know fr- from from players on the course, and now suddenly 
how much is that going to be examined and looked at going, okay, we got lucky that this is how this turned out. I mean, we got lucky that the guy didn't run up and just try to tackle Rory McIlroy for whatever reason. Because this is a brazen thing to just go, hey, I'm here taking this club. But at the same point, you go, it's only a rope. It's only a rope, and a guy can, can, can walk in and do this. It's almost like you could say, I'm surprised this hasn't happened sooner. You know, with, with everybody. I mean, it, it's great to see that, hey, in the history of golf, we've seen such great decorum from people and they're able to, you know, re- respect the, the laws and, and everybody's personal space. But you see something like this and you go, man, I, w- what's going what's gonna to be the ramifications of this thing happening? Yeah, I mean, whoever's in charge of security, that company should be fired. You got to have security. Come on, man. In this day and age, there's got to be somebody there. There's nobody. I mean, what, Jason, really? You got a big-time golfer there. You're not protecting him. Anybody can just walk up. What if the guy had other intentions, a bodily harm or whatever, and could just walk up, and there's no ropes to keep him from, from, from walking up like that and being that brazen and that bold? I mean, it took a while before somebody showed up, and you couldn't even tell that they were really security. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes... You gotta wear stuff that says security, and you gotta be, you know, be shown uh, as as a force that you just can't do what you want. And we are watching. I think they failed there. You know, my dad. I mentioned my dad a few minutes ago. His his big thing is he works uh, out here at Riviera, and he volunteers at all the big PGA events when they have him out here. And, and he's the marshal on the 16th hole for every event. Like, he's gotten some TV time in the last few years. Uh, if a guy will hole in on 16, you know, and he's there. And I say to him, are you ever worried about something happening and getting on there? He goes, yeah, all the time. I said, okay, so, so what is it? He goes, but, you know, there's, there's people here. And I said, oh, okay. He goes, now, luckily, we've never had to worry about it. But, yeah, I think about it all the time. I look at people and make sure that they're going to be all right and they're not going to run on the green or do something or, you know, they, they back up. But he says he thinks, about, he thinks about it all the time. But he's always defaulting to, hey, there's people here. There's people here that are going to take care of this. And, you know, you're right because you see this video and the big video that's making the rounds is about 35 seconds long. And it's 35 seconds from the guy when the guy walks on and he, and he takes the club out of Rory McIlroy's bag. He stands next to him for a second because he tries to grab the driver and he grabs the club head off. And so he grabs he has to go club back cup. a second yeah. time to get the to actually get the club, right? Yeah, he tries to grab the driver and he winds up getting just the the, the cover of it, and then he grabs a, one of his irons and he's standing there and he's just swinging it. And McElroy and they're all looking around, going, "Hey, we we gonna we gonna take care of this guy here?" And it is a long time to get there to make sure that hey, let, let's take care of this situation. I mean, this is an this is an unknown thing. I think they're lucky that all this guy wanted to do was was take the the, the golf club and, and go and swing it, pretend he was a you know, and, and, and pretend he's a golfer. Now he's obviously gonna be punished. It's in the hands of the Scottish police at this point, but I mean this this is you you watch this and it's just it's amazing. It's hypnotic to watch uh, and go after this actually this, happened. After this, I guarantee you if I'm other golfers I'm calling to complain, where's the security? Like, like you guys leaving us out there vulnerable. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a, there's a loophole in the system there. And for other people who might want to do something crazy, now they look and go, oh, you could just walk up. Nobody, nobody's there to stop you. Am I right? I mean, that, that, that's what I see. 
It, it is, yeah, it, it is really weird because then you watch him, he kind of puts the, the club head down like he's going to hit it. And he and he stands on the tee box. But you know, there's looking. no ball there, right? No, no, no. He's he's got the he's, he's just got the, uh, uh, the the club head there, and he lines up, and he doesn't even have like a stance or anything. He's like checking it out, and he's just just. And finally, a guy walks over in a suit and says, "Hey, you know, you need to come over this way." And and it's it, it's just it's so bizarre. I mean, really, it's I, I've ne- I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, and um, and then he had the audacity. After you know them taking the club from him, trying to hold on to the to club cover, like the, like like he was trying to walk off with that, and eventually they snatched that from him. Just a just a bizarre scene, um, but uh, you know a scary scene I think too, because I, I I just forgot her name. Who was the tennis player who got stabbed? Oh, Monica Sellis. Monica yeah. Sellis, right? Where where somebody ran out onto the court and stabbed her. I mean, this this was this guy could have been, rather than a prankster, could have been, you know, a mean-spirited bad guy looking to do something else. And thank God it wasn't that. I don't want to overdo it, but that's how close and how easy it was for him to just walk up and, and reach for a club. What if he started swinging the club? I, 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 they, they're going to have to review their security procedures. You know, and the thing is this, it's it's a bigger conversation than just here's a guy who walked on the course and did this, right? We've seen in the NBA now over the course of the past couple of months how many instances where fans have gotten out of control, throwing popcorn at Russell Westbrook, you know, uh, uh, throwing other things, spitting at Trey Young. The, the line has been blurred with what uh, acceptable fan decorum behavior is. And, you know, uh, you know, part of it you could say, well, people are just coming back from the pandemic. They're excited. No, it, people don't come back excited from the pandemic. I want to throw stuff at people. And it, it, you know, the world is changing. And, you know, you can, you know, I'm not saying social media is to blame for this, but when you see things that happen on Twitter, you know, some people think Twitter is real life, where a guy can say something on Twitter, a star, and because I can respond to them, we have that kind of relationship. We're kind of on the same level. So when, when you see that, line getting blurred between fan and athlete and and then you see it playing out in in arenas where like I just said all those things that happened to the players over the last couple of months and now here's a guy walking on the course eventually they're going to have to be okay I I understand that you know these seats are are really premium and people pay a lot of money to come into a golf tournament but you know what we have to make sure everybody is seated a little bit further back you know whether or you know we're putting more security on there but clearly how much security can can you hire a thousand people to to watch an NBA game can you hire a thousand people on a golf course eventually you're going to have to make it difficult but you need but you need somebody Jason I mean there's nobody right is it, is it bad to have one guy or two guys at every hole? I'm, they're only making gazillion dollars on these things, and they're going to uh, uh, pinch pennies when it comes to security? Can't happen. I, I guarantee you golfers go, go crazy over this and say, man, you got to do something. There's no way you can leave us out there naked and without protection. And, and look, you're going to have to make it harder for people to get to the course. Like sometimes distance is the biggest thing, right? Like this is why I talk about, you know, the courtside seats in the NBA. Um, how much longer are we really going to have that? You know, because a guy can step right off the courtside seat and walk right onto the court. Right, we've seen that actually a couple of times. Like Calvin Klein did it. Remember a few years ago, in Madison Square Garden, he walked and he up. He was to wearing talk to white the, jeans. I remember he, that. 
<laughs> he walked up to talk to Latrell Sprewell when he was inbounding right. the basketball at a game. Uh, eventually, that's what's going to happen. Is going to be well. You got to at least have some kind of distance and make it harder for people to get there because all the security in the world isn't going to stop somebody who wants to get on the field of play and do something. But h- how difficult can you make it? And if you make it just much more real estate, hey, you got to get through this 15 feet to get there. Maybe that's something that stops it before it actually happens. But that's kind of where we're going because you know the, these things continue to happen. People think I, I can walk on the court. I can do that. I can throw popcorn at this guy. I can spit on him. I can walk and take Rory McIlroy's club. I mean, this is a bigger conversation than just the oh, the wow factor of here's a guy that walked on the course with Rory McIlroy. And the bad part about the popcorn incident was it just wasn't enough butter that made it an even <laughs> more heinous act. You are, you know, you are really focusing on movie popcorn and movie butter today. I mean, you're well. That's really where you're going. That. You're right. going to pay for a fifteen dollar tub of popcorn to take your daughter. Right? Oh, to go Black Widow. We can't wait, man. I'm go. I'm going in like an hour and a half. We're going at like ten o'clock to the movie. It, it's great though. Uh, you know that kids still get excited about stuff like you were saying earlier, like it's Christmas Eve or whatever. You know, like. That's the way it's supposed to be when you're a kid. Like, you're looking forward to certain things. You can't wait to see them. I think that that's awesome. I, I love to hear that. Yeah, and Marvel, Marvel is Star Wars for this generation. Like, you and I, Star Wars has been it, and it's been the big movie event of our lives, and we're still talking about it. It's still relevant, but Marvel is my daughter's star. Much as she likes Star Wars, I mean, it's all Marvel. I mean, right. she's going to grow up going, I mean, that's what this is. Marvel is the Star Wars of 2020, and that's how it goes. Uh, one bit of advice I do have for you, Rob, before we get into the NBA coming in a couple minutes. If you go to the movies and you get popcorn and you get butter, don't wipe your hands on the white jeans. Oh, okay. okay. Can't, can't do that. that. All right? Just know that, right? Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hello and welcome inside. Final hour of the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith, Rob Parker, in for Dan and the Danettes today. Rob Parker's big beef this Friday. You bought a pair of white jeans on clearance <laughs> at TJ Maxx and things didn't go well for you. No, they went well. They went great. I ate. It, you can check out my social media at Rob Parker FS1. And every Friday, Jason, I drop a video called What's My Beef, where I have a beef with people uh, on different things that they do. And one of my big beefs is that people go to big department stores and pay ridiculous prices for stuff that you could go. And I mean basic stuff. I mean, I get you want to splurge every so often and buy something that's unique or the latest and hottest fashion. But I was able to go and buy a pair of white Levi's jeans, which sell uh, normally for $69.50. They were on sale at Macy's for $59.99. But, Jason, I got them at Ross for $6.99. Are you out of your mind? Well, here's why I say it didn't go well, because you bought white jeans. What's wrong with white jeans for the summer? Oh, my God. Nobody wears white jeans. Are you serious? What are you talking about? In the summer, white jeans? Nobody wears white. Dude, you'd have better luck wearing uh, the Jim Harbaugh khakis and people saying, hey, you're okay. Dude, nobody wears white jeans anymore. They're stylish. Are you kidding? White jeans are out? 
Oh, you is that what you're trying to tell me, Jason? When was the last time you wore a pair of white jeans when you were seven? I don't think I wore white. Now, look, I did have the white parachute pants, like the Miami oh, yeah. Vice pants oh, you in, in the late eighties. Yeah, well, you like the hammer. You were MC Hammer, yeah. right? Yeah, the hammer pants. Oh, I could do the hammer dance pretty nice. I, I can believe. I, 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 I could balance. I can't back believe and people forth. bought that. No. <laughs> See, well, at least those pants, they're like white painter pants. You know, like those pants are like, okay, Rob, nobody. You know, you, wearing white jeans is like, I'm going to go to, who wears white jeans? Well, well, okay, Rob Parker wears white jeans. Uh, people just don't wear white jeans. Really? They just, they Am I the don't. only one? Are you I, Like, I'm going to Atlanta this weekend on my way to Denver, and I'm wearing white jeans. I'm, it's the summer. You can as long as you don't wear white after Labor Day, you're good to go. You yeah, but it's always white. it's always after Labor Day, isn't it? I mean, look if if you if you do if you do uh, what you know if you do on Google search white jeans for men, the first thing that comes up is are white jeans okay for guys to wear? Really? <laughs> and then the next one is can I pull off white jeans? <laughs> Unbelievable! I I think I look good in white jeans. You got I got a nice uh, beige and white top to go with it. I'm wearing my Jordan Travis Scotts, which are brown, black, and white. I think it's going to be a good look. I'm were those on to clearance too? How much? No, how those, much did you pay for those? I, I, I wish those were on clearance. <laughs> well, you see, I got to save money on some stuff so that I can buy the other stuff. You got yeah. it. Uh, that, that, that's the conversation starter. What do you think is the most expensive thing I'm wearing? Here's a hint. It's not my pants. <laughs> that's right. I, I got these pants for $7. And then the, and then the woman looks at you and goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm going to go over here. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later on. Where, but you, you know go? what? Clothes are disposable now, Jason. Am I wrong? I mean, you can buy. It's unbelievable how cheap you can buy. I mean, basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Golf shirts. If you go and, and look at through the racks. I find nice golf shirts, you know, with brand name Nike and all that, ten, twelve dollars. Seriously, oh, that, if you were yeah. to go in, you could go pay forty dollars at a Macy's or a big department store. Yeah, no, no, that's my dad does all the time. He has a collection of polos that is extremely impressive. I go, Dad, you have over seventy five polos. When are you going to wear them all? He goes, Well, I wear one a day, and then uh, I get back to the beginning. I mean, really, that's what he does. He likes to do the same thing. He likes to go to Ross and TJ Maxx and everything else, and he'll come back and I'll go, Dad, you have a closet that is just for your polo shirts. He goes, Yeah, yeah. He's got golf shirts, and the worst thing is, is that you know he's like he's like skinny as hell. None right. of his stuff is going to fit me, so I can't like go to a house and go. Hey, not like you golf can grab shirt. some. I'll right. grab this. Like, no, nothing. Nothing fits me. It's like that. Ah, it's awful. That's crazy. But no, but he does. He does that with a, with golf shirts. He does he, all the time. He does that, but no, I, I don't think my dad has white jeans. Okay, don't think he has no them. white jeans. I've been white jeans shamed today on I, the I, Dan I, Patrick show. I will say this: white jeans. It will make you look like you're on vacation. You might feel like you're on vacation. Like those that's are what the, I feel the, those like. Those are like your fun jeans. You know the white jeans. Right. You don't wear those every day, but you know okay. when you're trying to chill out and be hip. You know I'm a young hip guy. You know I'm hanging out in Atlanta this weekend. It'll be fun. Paying some college tuition when I'm down there, getting me some uh, Lou Williams uh, loop uh, lemon pepper wings. You know, I'm going to have a good time. You're going to spend more on the wings than you spend on your pants. <laughs> You're going to tell the guy, hey, how much for the wings? Uh, $12.99. What do you think costs more, your wings or these pants? What do you exactly. think of these pants? And the best part about it is after I wear them a little while, I'll just leave them in the hotel. I don't even have to bring them back. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave them for, hey, instead of a tip, I'm going to leave these pair of pants and you can maybe take this and they fit you. <laughs> <laughs> I do leave clothes behind in hotels. I, I do have a habit, so. Oh, wow. That's 
Those <laughs> white jeans, they're not going to miss them. Whoa, someone left a pair of white jeans here. And you know what they'll do? They'll wind up leaving them, too. They won't even take them. Cause it's like, <laughs> nope. Even like, you know, I couldn't give them away on the street. It's like I could just see somebody's out there homeless or whatever, and I'm trying to pass off the white jeans, and they look at me and go, white jeans? Nobody wears white jeans anymore. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Rob Barker, Jason Smith in for Dan and the Danettes today. Hey, we got Rick Buecher coming up in a few minutes. Going to break down all the latest news coming off of Game 2 of the NBA Finals. But this video has just come in, and Rob, it is insane what happened at the Scottish Open involving Rory McIlroy a couple of hours ago. Now, obviously, this is new. It's in because with the time change, this is something that, that people are just starting to, to see a bit. Uh, McIlroy, during the Scottish Open, he's on the 10th hole, and he's talking with his caddy and, and somebody else, and he's standing in front of his golf bag. I mean, the, the, like they're, they're, everybody is, is like no more than six inches from the golf bag as they're having a conversation. And you're probably going to tee off at some point, and they're having a conversation, and a spectator just walks by, grabs his uh, driver, and, you know, kind of misses grabbing the driver, like pulls the head cover off the driver and then drops it and then takes the driver out of his club and he walks over to the tee box and he starts swinging the club. And McElroy is caddy and, and, and the other person there are just standing going, what is this guy doing? Like McElroy's hands are in his, his pockets the entire time going, what, what's going on here? The guy just walks up, takes the club out of Rory McIlroy's bag, goes on the tee box, and starts swinging it like he's getting ready to tee off. I have never seen anything like this. How brazen! This guy just walks on, picks up the you know, takes the the, the club out of the golf car, out of out of the golf bag, and they're all just so stunned. They're standing there going, "What is what is happening here?" And he walks over. He's got, the guy's got his hand in his pocket. He's got a vest on. He's not wearing white pants, but uh, but he just walks over. Yeah, I'm just going to swing the club here. With security, out. I'm watching the video. We're where's security and why do they think they don't recognize this guy why in the world would they just stand there i mean and why would i, I why would rory allow him to take uh, the the uh, club out of his bag i mean they know that's strange i don't i don't understand why the caddy right are you supposed to protect the clubs i would go right over and grab it back from him and say dude what are you doing like like like, he just grabbed the thing, and they're looking at him like it's okay. Yeah, it's like it's out of a movie. It's like, what's just happening? But, I, you know, I kind of get, look, this is an unknown. Right? And you he's don't trying know to who keep the, uh, the, the club cover. He was trying yeah. to keep the, the club cover. Yeah, I mean, and, it, and they take the guy off. They're being real nice. They should have pounced on that guy. If that was me, I would have been in handcuffs. Are you kidding? Come I, on, I, man. I get them not doing anything because here comes a guy. You have no idea who he is. I'm talking about the caddy. I agree that maybe McElroy can't get involved. You don't want to get hurt. Imagine if you wrestle with the guy and he hurts you somehow. But where's the caddy just to allow somebody to walk over and take your club out of you oh, know I, that that's not right. Yeah, but I don't know that that's the caddy's job to protect. I don't think the caddy's job to protect the clubs from from crazy people that want to walk on and take it out of there. I mean, it, 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 it's a golf club after all. You know, I mean, I, I, I just I, I get their lack of, hey, what are we doing here? Because it's just stunning. Um, but what's more, what, what's more is that you look at this situation now and go, OK, here's a guy that just walked on the course and took the club out of Rory McIlroy's bag. And and there's only basically a rope that separates 
spectators from uh, from from the playing field here here you know from from players on the course and now suddenly how much is that going to be examined and looked at going okay we got lucky that this is how this turned out I mean we got lucky that the guy didn't run up and just try to tackle Rory McIlroy for whatever reason because this is a brazen thing to just go hey I'm here taking this club but at the same point you go it's only a rope it's only a rope, and a guy can, can, can walk in and do this. It's almost like you could say, I'm surprised this hasn't happened sooner you know, with, with everybody. I mean, it, it's great to see that, hey, in the history of golf, we've seen such great decorum from people, and they're able to you know, re- respect the, the laws and, and everybody's personal space. But you see something like this, and you go, man, I, what, what's going what's gonna to be the ramifications of this thing happening? Yeah, I mean, whoever's in charge of security, that company should be fired. You got to have security. Come on, man. In this day and age, there's got to be somebody there. There's nobody. I mean, what, Jason, really? You got a big time golfer there. You're not protecting him. Anybody can just walk up. What if the guy had other intentions, a bodily harm or whatever, and could just walk up and there's no ropes to keep him from, from, from walking up like that and being that brazen and that bold? I mean, it took a while before somebody showed up, and you couldn't even tell that they were really security. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you got to wear stuff that says security, and you got to be, you know, be shown uh, as, as a force that you just can't do what you want, and we are watching. I think they failed there. You know, my dad, I mentioned my dad a few minutes ago, his, his big thing is he works uh, out here at Riviera and he volunteers at all the big PGA events when they have him out here. And and he's the marshal on the 16th hole for every event. Like, he's gotten some TV time in the last few years. Uh, if a guy will hole in on 16, you know, and he's there. And I say to him, are you ever worried about something happening and getting on there? He goes, yeah, all the time. I said, okay, so, so what is he? He goes, but, you know, there's, there's people here. And I said, oh, okay. He goes, now, luckily, we've never had to worry about it. But, yeah, I think about it all the time. I look at people and make sure that they're going to be all right and they're not going to run on the green or do something or, you know, they, they back up. But he says he thinks, about, he thinks about it all the time. But he's always defaulting to, hey, there's people here. There's people here that are going to take care of this. And, you know, you're right because you see this video and the big video that's making the rounds is about 35 seconds long. And it's 35 seconds from the guy when the guy walks on and he, and he takes the club out of Rory McIlroy's bag. He stands next to him for a second because he tries to grab the driver and he grabs the club head off. And so he has to go back a second time to get the to actually get the club. Right. Yeah. He tries to grab the driver and he winds up getting just the the, the cover of it. And then he grabs one of his irons and he's standing there and he's just swinging it. And McElroy and they're all looking around going, hey, we're going to we're going to take care of this guy here. And it is a long time to get there to make sure that, hey, let's take care of this situation. I mean, this is an this is an unknown thing. I think they're lucky that all this guy wanted to do was was take the, the, the golf club and, and go and swing it, pretend he was a, you know, and, and, and pretend he's a golfer. Now, he's obviously going to be punished. It's in the hands of the Scottish police at this point. But, I mean, this, this is, you you watch this, and it's just, it's amazing. It's hypnotic to watch and go, uh, after this actually this, happened. After this, I guarantee you, if I'm other golfers, I'm calling to complain. Where's the security? Like, like you guys leaving us out there vulnerable. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a... There's a loophole in the system there. And for other people who might want to do something crazy, now they look and go, oh, you could just walk up. Nobody, nobody's there to stop you. 
Am I right? I mean, that, that that's what I see. It, it is, yeah, it, it is really weird because then you watch him, he kind of puts the, the club head down like he's going to hit it. And he and he stands on the tee box. But there's know, looking. no ball there, right? No, no, no. He's he's got the he's, he's just got the, uh, uh, the the club head there, and he lines up, and he doesn't even have like a stance or anything. He's like checking it out, and he's just just. then finally, a guy walks over in a suit and says, "Hey, you know, you need to come over this way." And and it's it, it's just it's so bizarre. I mean, really, it's I, I've ne- I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, and um, and then he had the audacity. After you know them taking the club from him, trying to hold on to the to club cover, like the, like like he was trying to walk off with that, and eventually they snatched that from him. Just a just a bizarre scene, um, but uh, you know a scary scene I think too, because I, I I just forgot her name. Who was the tennis player who got stabbed? Oh, Monica Sellis. Monica Sellis, yeah. right? Where, where somebody ran out onto the court and stabbed her. I mean, this this was this guy could have been. Rather than a prankster, could have been, you know, a mean-spirited bad guy looking to do something else. And thank God it wasn't that. I don't want to overdo it, but that's how close and how easy it was for him to just walk up and and reach for a club. What if he started swinging the club? They're going to have to review their security procedures. You know, and the thing is this, it's it's a bigger conversation than just here's a guy who walked on the course and did this, right? We've seen in the NBA now over the course of the past couple of months how many instances where fans have gotten out of control, throwing popcorn at Russell Westbrook, you know, uh, uh, throwing other things, spitting at Trey Young. The, the line has been blurred with what uh, acceptable fan decorum behavior is. And, you know, uh, you know, part of it you could say, well, people are just coming back from the pandemic. They're excited. No, it, people don't come back excited from the pandemic. I want to throw stuff at people. And it, it, you know, the world is changing. And, you know, you can, you know, I'm not saying social media is to blame for this, but when you see things that happen on Twitter, you know, some people think Twitter is real life, where a guy can say something on Twitter, a star, and because I can respond to them we have that kind of relationship we're kind of on the same level so when, when you see that line getting blurred between fan and athlete and and then you see it playing out in in arenas where like I just said all those things that happened to the players over the last couple of months and now here's a guy walking on the course eventually they're going to have to be okay I, I understand that you know these seats are, are really premium and people pay a lot of money to come into a golf tournament but you know what we have to make sure everybody is seated a little bit further back you know whether or you know we're putting more security on there but clearly how much security can, can you hire a thousand people to, to watch an NBA game can you hire a thousand people on a golf course eventually you're you don't gonna need have to that make many but you need but you need somebody Jason I mean there's nobody right is it, is it bad to have one guy or two guys at every hole? I'm, they're only making gazillion dollars on these things, and they're going to uh, uh, pinch pennies when it comes to security? Can't happen. I, I guarantee you golfers go, go crazy over this and say, man, you got to do something. There's no way you can leave us out there naked and without protection. And, and look, you're going to have to make it harder for people to get to the course. Like sometimes distance is the biggest thing, right? Like this is why I talk about, you know, the courtside seats in the NBA. Um, how much longer are we really going to have that? You know, because a guy can step right off the courtside seat and walk right onto the court. 
right? We've seen that actually a couple of times. Like Calvin Klein did it. Remember a few years ago, Madison Square Garden? He walked and he up was to wearing talk to white Le- jeans. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> he walked up to talk to Latrell Sprewell when he was inbounding right. the basketball at a game. Uh, eventually, that's what's going to happen. Is going to be well. You got to at least have some kind of distance and make it harder for people to get there because all the security in the world isn't going to stop somebody who wants to get on the field of play and do something. But how difficult can you make it? And if you make it just much more real estate, hey, you got to get through this 15 feet to get there. Maybe that's something that stops it before it actually happens. But that's kind of where we're going because, you know, these things continue to happen. People think I I can walk on the court. I can do that. I can throw popcorn at this guy. I can spit on him. I can walk and take Rory McIlroy's club. I mean, this is a bigger conversation than just the, the wow factor of here's a guy that walked on the course with Rory McIlroy. And the bad part about the popcorn incident was it just wasn't enough butter. That made it an even <laughs> more heinous act. You are, you know, you are really focusing on movie popcorn and movie butter today. I mean, you're well, that's really you're focused going. on that. You're right. going to pay for a $15 tub of popcorn to take your daughter. Right? Oh, to go Black Widow, we can't wait, man. I'm, go- I'm going in like an hour and a half. We're going at like 10 o'clock to the movie. It, it's great, though, uh, you know, that kids still get excited about stuff, like you were saying earlier, like it's Christmas Eve or whatever. You know, like, that's the way it's supposed to be when you're a kid. Like, you're looking forward to certain things. You can't wait to see them. I think that that's awesome. I, I love to hear that. Yeah, and Marvel, Marvel is Star Wars for this generation. Like, you and I, Star Wars has been it, and it's been the big movie event of our lives, and we're still talking about it. It's still relevant, but Marvel is my daughter's star. Much as she likes Star Wars, I mean, it's all Marvel. I mean, right. she's going to grow up going. I mean, that's what this is. Marvel is the Star Wars of 2020, and that's how it goes. Uh, one bit of advice I do have for you, Rob, before you get into the NBA coming in a couple minutes. If you go to the movies and you get popcorn and you get butter, don't wipe your hands on the white jeans. Oh, okay. okay. Can't, can't do that. that. All right? Just know that, right? Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, a ton including 
include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. From the versatile EQB to the sublime EQS sedan, Mercedes-Benz makes electric extraordinary. The vehicles, all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. The choice is yours. Learn more. MBUSA.com slash EQ. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 